We are proud to partner with Fiverr, the online marketplace for freelance services to get stuff done. If you have any business or creative needs, you need to check out Fiverr, whether that's a logo design, website optimization, social media boost, video production, you can find it all on Fiverr. We as the Kingdom Dreamers have used them for many of their services and plan to continue. Check them out at the link in our show notes. Because I have a dream. And staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. The ballot or the bullet is to either ignore them or to deny them And we stand together to win the war. Welcome to the Wild Wild World Show. We're back another week, locked in the crib, but we're still here. We're still alive. We're still kicking it. This is the podcast of Conscious Christian Conversation about Chaos in the Cosmos. Kellen, how you doing, man? Yo! Doing good, my brother. We out here, or more specifically in here. Yep. yep. Stuck in here in Arona. You know, the weather's finally turning. I'm feeling lovely, Will. Glad you're feeling lovely. I'm still fatigued of being locked in the house, but the weather is changing nicely, so I need to get outside today, make sure I get that sun. Just a reminder, this is a Kingdom Dreamer podcast where we fight to reunite righteousness and justice. KD. Check out, Kellen got the, the snapback on on the YouTube. Check it out. You can pick that up, kingdomdreamer.com. Hit that store tab. We also got some new merch coming. I'll tell you about that sometime oh, later. But some fly hoodies coming in. You can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Kingdom Dreamers. That's where you get the exclusive Wild Wild World content, our extended conversations, merch, all sorts of other stuff. Check it out. Follow us on Twitter, Kingdom X Dreams, William R. Horn, H-O-R-N-E, and old boy underscore K underscore R. But Kellen, how, how are you living right now in this quarantine? Man, if I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm actually doing all right. You know, it's 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 a little hectic. You know, I'm I'm in the house here with these four children. Uh, but you know, it, again, it's a lovely time being able to spend with these little kids. But I'm also kind of losing my mind just a little bit, if we're being honest, because I'm spending time with these four kids and my wife every day. I need a little space, a little break. I know that's what I said before, but there's some positive things about the road, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later in our Patreon only. Segment, um, but there's some positive things about the road that's been happening that's been popping off a little bit. Um, and I'll talk about that a little later. But overall, I'm doing all right. Will I'm gonna drop something? I don't want to jinx it in the process of buying a house right um, now, so that might finally be over come Friday. So by this time next week, I might, you know, officially finally be a homeowner, you know, and I put that out there to be the first house we purchase. Uh, I'm not ashamed of saying that. I'm proud of saying that. Some people, they buy their first house at like 23 or whatever, like you or somebody like that. <laughs> but but we, we haven't had that that ability. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and besides that, just out here trying to stay healthy. Um, you know, Will, I did do something ridiculous, though, early in the week. Ridiculous, huh? Yeah, kind of ridiculous. So I decided, you know, hey, we're here in this Rona, we're here in this quarantine, it's the time to try some new things, right? 
I'm a man that likes to cook from time to time. Well, as you know, because you don't been to the crib and had some of our tasty treats from yeah, time to yeah. time. Mostly my wife, but you know, I like to throw down a little bit too. And I said, you know what, Kels? Why don't you start cooking whole fish? All over the world, people make whole fish. It's kind of like making a whole chicken. You know, it's, it's more cost effective. You know, fish is healthier for you. And I've had it, you know, I've gone to some friends' houses and whatnot, different times, and they had whole fish. I'm like, yo, that was delicious. So I was like, yo, I should start doing that. So I went to my local grocer, and I got me two red snapper. Now, this is the first time I've ever done it, Will. Uh-huh. Right? And first thing first, they lied to me, right? The brothers that were working there, they ain't all speak, you know, the most clear English. So, but I asked them, I said, yo, are these whole, are these, are these snapper scaled and gutted? They said, yes. Now, maybe, you know, if you, somebody has experience in this area, you could tell from the naked eye. I couldn't, right? Uh, I said, are they scaled and gutted? They said, yeah, they are. Cool thing. Got them. I was like, I don't know if I really trust that dude, though. So I asked another dude, are these scaled and gutted? He said, yes. All right, cool. Get home, pull the fish out. Touch, I'm like, wait a minute, these are scales. So first off, I gotta go outside now and I gotta scale this joint. I'm getting scales all over the place, right? Like all over my little balcony. My wife is disgusted. It's like getting in my in my eyelashes, eyebrows, and like my elbow folds and all sorts of random stuff. Like I got fish scales everywhere, like like I'm ghost faced, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so okay. So that's first thing. But then I, I'm, I get, get it together. I'm like, I did a pretty good job scaling this fish. I ain't never done that before. I'm one one that went fishing and stuff as a kid. So this is new to me, right? So, you know, I go, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pan fry one of these joints and put one of these joints in the oven, Will. So I do that, cook it up, you know, looks kind of good. I kind of oh, kind of burnt a little bit to pan fry one, whatever, um, at least on one side because the heat was too hot. But I'm like, whatever, you know, I, I adjust the other side, look lovely. So, you know, sit down at the table. You know, we're eating lunch or whatever it is. And I start to eat it. I'm like, oh, it tastes pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm eating pan fry. I want to slice a little, little uh, filet or whatever off. I'm eating it. I'm like, man, this looks pretty good. I'm like, oh, look, Cam. I look at my son. I'm like, look, you can see the spine. I pulled the spine out. We're laughing. Like, yeah, the- <laughs> I pulled the spine out. Then I look at the other side of the spine, the bottom half of the fish, which was the side I overcooked or I, I burnt a little bit at first. I'm like, yo, it's kind of undercooked in there. Like, eh, I think it's fine because, you know, the part I ate wasn't undercooked. You know, it seemed to be okay. Kept eating a little bit, finished up, moved on with my day, moved on with my life. Well, you want to know what happened at about 5 a.m.? Uh, that that sickness, I, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say what happened about 5 a.m., <laughs> but something happened at about 5 a.m. And actually, before that, I woke up a couple times like I was dreaming about yakking <laughs> i went back to sleep and finally at 5 a.m you know nature came knocking <laughs> it's all spent a few minutes you know kneeling in front of the porcelain throne because uh yeah that 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 undercooked fish came back to bite me but well it's not gonna stop me i'm, I'm gonna go back i'm gonna do it again I'm going to try to get – real talk, I try to eat the rest of the baked fish that was lovely and well-cooked like two days ago. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I smelled the fish. I was like, I can't do it. But I'm going to give it a couple of days, and hopefully that memory will have, have gone, you know, at least the sick memory, and I'll be able to get back in there. So so that that's my Rona fail so far this year. Man, that's, I mean, that's big, though. That takes guts to, to go out on a limb. I don't know if I'm ready for such an adventure as cooking a whole fish like that. Hey, we got to try some. do it. That's true. It, you that's know, true. That's like, it's actually a pretty easy thing to do once the fish is scaled, because usually they gut it for you and all that. You just you season it, you 
tossing the oven in the pan. It's not all that complicated. Clearly, though, it, it's a problem. It's like you can't undercook chicken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. a problem. So, not, and most the only fish I've cooked has been like fillets and stuff like that. I cook fish not all the time, but you know, often enough. But that's the first time doing a whole one. So, we'll try it again. I'll let y'all know how it goes. All right, that's that's gonna be the up the frequent update for the Wild Wild World is yes, 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 cooking yes, yes. adventures with the fish. And congrats on the house. That's a big thing. Some millennials never gonna get a house just because the way this world works. So you're doing it big out here, man. Yeah, I, I you know I appreciate that. You, you know we're hoping, praying everything goes well. You know because nothing is finalized, so they put them keys in your hands. So yeah. make sure everything goes straight. But uh, you know we'll definitely make sure to have a virtual uh, homecoming or not homecoming. What's it? What's it called? Home uh, tour. Oh, home, uh, home, housewarming. There you go. Oh, Virtual housewarming party or something like that. We'll invite all our wild, wild, wild people. Uh, come shop, show up there. We, Y'all we can, can do send, a, definitely send me gifts. We'll do a bonus episode of Wild Wild World. It's like an episode of Cribs back in the day. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll do be great. Put anything in the crib. It'll be like yep. a mini version of Red Man's. Yep. You'll, you'll see that on the YouTube. We're going to have to make that happen. It'll be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, I mean, quarantine for me, bro. It's been, I don't know, whatever. I feel like I'm just super tired for no reason. I've been locked in the crib too much, trying to work out. Still not working, man. We were supposed to talk last night. I straight fell asleep like I'm 60 years old. It's bad, bro. You need vitamin D. Maybe that's it. Like, you need to get out in the sun, Aaron. Are you going on walks around the block, Will? I have a couple times. Probably need to do it more. I don't know, man. It may be the the sunlight the sunbeams and you just need to be out there amongst the people. Even if you can't like be within six feet of them, you just got to be out there amongst the people living life in some way, shape or form, man. It's true, man. Even for the introverts, man, the not living regular life, it comes back to bite. It takes its toll after a few weeks of this mess. So. Yes, that is definitely true. We, we need people. We, we need, well, even if we, it ain't even deep personal relations, we need people to be around and interact with. Mm, that'll preach. That's, that's a, uh, Let's get into this crazy out here. Man, crazy out here, man. First, I hear that murdering hornets have entered the country to top off our 2020 adventure thus far. What are your thoughts, Kelly? Uh, my thoughts are I'm terrified. We just mentioned I'm about to buy this house, and now I'm scared to go outside. Even when they, when they let us outside, when they open up back, out, back outside, I know it's going to be happening. Murder hornets going to be waiting on us, and they're going to be hungry because we ain't been out there. And even though I don't know if hornets eat people, they, they bloodthirsty at the very least. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm, real talk. I'm like, okay, the first thing I need to do when we get this house, make sure ain't no wasp nest. Because I don't know, maybe the hornets want to live in the wasp nest. I have no idea. I just, I, I just want to get them all away from me. So we're gonna be all on top of the house, under the house, whatever. Get rid of all possible nest areas. I need to find a way to round out all corners so they can't build nothing anywhere. I'm scared already. I don't do no murder hornets. I got stung in the back of the head by a wasp one time when I was like 12 years old. And I ain't never forgot it. I, I, I want no parts of this. And I'm about to go outside in hoodies and, and hats and gloves on like it, in the middle of July. I don't care. I'm not getting stung by no murder hornet. It's not happening. Well, welcome to Kellen's childhood trauma coming back with the murder hornets. I don't even know much about them. I just seen it blowing up on Twitter. Like, I don't even know. It says they're in the U.S. I don't know where they're in the U.S. It's probably like they're hornets. Few. And they try to murder us. That's all I need to know. That's fair. That's fair. I've seen people uh, posting on Twitter like bees attacking the hornets. So there's hope. The honeybees might take over. Because I don't they want the honeybees around either. Well, they at least Look, make honey. 
Here's the thing. Up to this point, my only like outside worry is mosquitoes, right? I hate mosquitoes. Everybody hates mosquitoes. They get on your nerves, right? Mm-hmm. Now we got to worry about murder hornets. Like, really? <laughs> I mean, the reality is we all know wasps are very annoying because they're like me, right? But they will kind of leave you alone if you leave them alone. Like, I've been, you know, around people in houses that have wasp nests, and they don't really cause too much problem, at least in my experience. Like, they'll be over off in their corner. They're just doing their thing. Murder hornets sound like they want to get up in your business and in, in your face. Like, I can be outside just grilling mind my business, and it's going to come stinging me just because I'm out there in its territory or something. Like, it's a bear. I want no parts of it. If they start coming in the Midwest, I'm staying inside. That's fair. Yeah, I don't even – I didn't read where they're actually at, but – Hopefully it's not the Midwest or the Mid South, as in where I'm at. It's it's not good though. It's not good. Except for the they worst was when you had wasp nests that got into the back of your basketball hoop. You don't know, come out their shoe hoops and they come out. I don't know about that. Why don't you knock them down? That's what a bro- you keep a you got to keep a broom handle outside. They was in the pole. You couldn't see them, bro. Then you shoot oh. hoops and they start going crazy. And you got to find a way to spray them without dying. Oh my lord. The, um, <laughs> Why don't you spread, why don't you fill it with water or something? You got, there's something you can do. You got to do something. You can't just live life like that. How does that happen? It's always happened, bro. Every summer, my basketball at the top of the pole, they build a nest up in their mug. It was terrible. It was terrible. But and anyway, you didn't climb up and cover it? Now, I got so many questions, Well, Okay. Well, I, there was I, a I little hole on the back end. There were so many ways to get in. They found a way to get in every summer, man. That is terrifying. It is terrifying. It would ruin your basketball experience for a solid week until you fought them. Oh, my goodness. Get, now I got the creeps. Yeah, you had to get that spray. You could spray 20 feet away and work on your aim in their room when they start going crazy. Is this what it's like to live in Ohio? I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It uh, built character. Built character. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm good. On, I don't need that type of character. I don't need wasps in my basketball hoop. I don't need murder hornets swarming my head. I, I'm good. So y'all enjoy that. Um, I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> well, there you have it. That's our ad to 2020 is murder hornets to add to all the other chaos. We'll see how it goes. But uh, we do have another, I guess it's crazy out here, but it seems to be a a reoccurring thing. Um, we had another another shooting incident, but it happened all the way back in February and took video coming out yesterday, I believe. So yesterday or two days ago, not too long ago, um, to actually bring attention to it. Uh, Ahmad Arbery was killed by two white men who based, he was just out on a job, right? And mm-hmm. two white men came after him in a truck, told him to stop, he didn't stop. And then proceeded to fight him and then shoot him, kill him. Um, and there's been no arrest made, nothing. This was back in February. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, one of the, well, the two men, one was a former law enforcement officer and his son, just stopping a guy for no reason uh, and killing him. But um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know what else to say about it. It seems like a reoccurring yeah, in America, you know, it's re- it's reoccurring, and you know the the crazy thing is, I so I'd heard about this. I feel like a few weeks ago, and I I'd read a little bit about it um, a couple weeks ago, and then yesterday, uh, like you said, is when everything blew up. I mean, the the crazy thing is, 
police know exactly who did it. The I feel like the people who turned themselves in. I don't know what that what that process was, but we know exactly who who killed this man, and there's no charges at all. You know, like so if you haven't read up, basically, essentially the it was a man and his son, and they claimed they were trying to make a citizen's arrest because they suspected this guy of being a thief or something like that, right, or being a burglar. Now, even if that's correct, even if he was a burglar, even if he was a thief, he was jogging down the street, running down the street, unarmed, wearing shorts and a T-shirt. So clearly unarmed, not even like what he might be carrying. They blocked the road and, and stopped him, stopped his path, and then approached him when he, I guess, kind of kind of fought back a little bit. They then shot him. Now, here's the thing. They're, they're talking all the stand-your-ground nonsense. In this country, there's no way in the world this should be allowed and legal. Even if you thought you were making a citizen's arrest, you can't be the aggressor but then also be protected by self-defense rules. That, like, that makes no sense. You can't be the aggressor that stops a, a, a person who may well be innocent. You don't know. Even if, even if they felt like they witnessed him robbing or committing a robbery or whatever, they do not know. They don't have the evidence. They are not a judge and a jury. So even if he was potentially guilty, he was also potentially innocent. You cannot stop a potentially innocent person in the name of a, a, citizen, a citizen's arrest with a weapon, discharge a weapon and kill that person to suffer no consequences. And that's before I even bring in any of the racial element of this, which the reality is we know that if this had been the opposite, this had been two black men stopping a white man, they would not have gone free. That 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 would not be allowed, especially down there in South Georgia. They would not stand for that. Yeah. So it, take, it took people protesting, it took this being a national news for uh, apparently people to begin um, reviewing or, or, or revisiting this case. And we've even seen, already seen as a couple of prosecutors had argued, I think it was prosecutors, yeah, prosecutors that had argued that this case wasn't worth prosecuting because they were within their rights. And my thing is, if that was within their rights, then clearly, you know, people say it's hyperbole to talk about modern day lynching. No, modern day lynching is still legal. Because yeah. that's that's what it was. It was it was a modern day lynching. The only difference was the whole community wasn't out there and they weren't barbecuing and, and, and taking pictures of it. But it was definitely a modern day lynching. No ifs, ands, buts about it. We've seen it multiple times, whether from law enforcement or now it's people, white males, feeling like they are the law because for most of their life they have been aligned with the law, uh, and the law has been there to protect their interests. So now they feel. Um, uh, justified and empowered to go take literally take the law into their own hands and suffer no consequences and it pisses me off no and it should that's exactly what it is it's a modern day lynching it's i mean it's reminiscent of trayvon martin where they're using the same ideas of somebody you pursuing somebody and then somehow being able to use these defense things as but you know another thing yeah it didn't even get any attention till it takes a, a video a point blank video to be out and they're still not arrested even after this video has yeah. come out, but it's supposed to go, I guess, to grand jury. But the fact that it would take this video, um, I don't know, it just shows you the country's is built on white supremacy and that's still the law of the land for the time being. So it really is. It's part of me. We want to be like, look, y'all down there in South Georgia, go pull them up out their house. <laughs> like, 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 let's get some, let's get some street justice out here. But I know that's not correct. I shouldn't say that as a, uh, as a Christian, but that, that that's how I be feeling. Like, 
Yeah. You know, with a lot of these things, if the justice system ain't gonna work, then take justice in the, in their own hands, just like uh, just like these other folks have done. So, um, yeah, man, it's 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 beyond frustrating. It's disturbing. It's you know, and again, I, and I even view it from the standpoint of even if this dude was a thief, even if he was running away from the scene of a crime, it's wrong. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you can't even jog while black. And that's that's a duh. I don't even feel like that's worthy of talking about because we know that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Even if he was a thief. So all those don't want to say, well, if you do if you, you do what you're supposed to do. No, 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 no. I don't care if he just ran out somebody's house with jewelry in his hand. This is still not the way this thing is supposed to work. You still don't get yeah. to just pull somebody over, stop somebody in their tracks with a shotgun and kill him. Mm-hmm. The penal the 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 penalty for robbery is not death. Shoot, even the penalty for murder in most states isn't death. So you don't get to yeah. take somebody's life just because you feel like you want to be Captain America, you know, and, and, and protect yeah. the, the protect your neighborhood from these evil black people. Well, and that's a whole nother thing. Like even if you took you take all the clear and obvious race issues out of it, just the idea the way America thinks about people is just lack of concern for human life unless it's you and your own people, right? So like you say, even if there's crime involved, the fact that you're so willingly able to just take life and it'd be not a problem to you, right? Uh, Yeah, so there's a lot of deep-seated issues about about yeah, and this is coming off you know off of weeks where we've seen you know bunch of armed armed Caucasian vigilantes essentially stormed in the state cap capitals, uh, walking around with bulletproof vests on and all that, and not now not a one of them got shot. Ain't nobody talk calling them terrorists and none of that. But we gonna murder this black man down the street for supposedly robbing somebody, and we got folks walking around open carrying in Michigan of all places. <laughs> military grade weapons, yeah. yeah. Not even just like little little pistols, military grade assault rifles and stuff, you know. Yeah, look, it's it getting more and more clear to me that look, minorities we need folks need to start arming themselves because people don't care about your life. Like they don't. And so if if people can gun you down in the street with no consequence, then that means I guess we gotta be we have to be able to protect ourselves. <laughs> and that's really what it comes down to. You can say, Well, that's a one million, yeah, sure. Well, one in a million, fine, but I don't want to be that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and if people are able to gun you down the street and, and, and pull a citizen's arrest on you just because they think you look suspicious, then you got to be able to protect yourself. And, and the reality is, is, is our white brothers and sisters have been doing that for centuries. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's part of the culture and it's accepted to the point where they can start, storm uh, state capitals. Well, we might want to get on top of that thing too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just being real. Because um, yeah. at some point, you know, it, it's like if this was hundreds of years ago, you know, if, if the bad guys had knives, guess what? You had a knife too. You know, if the bad, <laughs> if the bad guys had clubs, guess what? You had a club too. You you were able to protect yourself and your family. So now the bad guys have semi-automatic ruffle, uh, rifles and shotguns, and we're walking around here with a baseball bat. Why? Yeah. I, I know you feel the way about tough. guns, so I'm not trying yeah. to get into that. <laughs> I ain't trying to turn you with what I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I guess it's another conversation about violence and how, but, but like you see, you do see the culture of death, violence, and guns, and it's really built on top of white supremacy. Like they all go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and the same thing with how the death penalty works in this country too. It's a, a lack, lack of value for human life. Mm-hmm. And then you put on top of that, you know, ideals of white supremacy. So I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's continuing on repeat. You know, we started the show right kind of when the rise of the black lives matter movement was happening. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been a repeated case. Like we haven't, I don't know. It's America's history present yeah. and it will continue to be its future. If the way yeah, it has you know, some- things are looking. And that's where that's one of these times where social media is a good thing because we can share things like this. People can see yeah. what's going on all over the country and all over the world, and it's getting harder and harder to hide um, these heinous acts, you know. And I can say, yeah. at the very least, at the very least, at least light is being shown on some of this, and so you know, hopefully that sparks action. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's true. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. The power that both the positive and negative power of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really, you know, why any of these things that that's the sad part and the good part about our digital age, the fact that it has taken video that this has been happening, you know, on a regular, but it's not until recent time that there's even been really a lot of movement behind right. bringing about change. We'll, we'll see what happens with the Georgia situation. You know, I don't know. It's just another sad reality to be lamented and for us to, begin to find ways to affect change yeah well you know and speaking of darkness and sociopaths are you not entertained are you not entertained is this not why you were here that was (laughs) it feels like a it's like a too dark a turn right there (laughs) the last dance the mj doc we continue to talk about it here. It's the biggest thing going on in entertainment these days, um, sports and entertainment. Like, like we said last week, to the point where people that aren't even that big in the sports have been watching it. But, Will, you checked out the last dance this, this week. Um, there's a couple things that, that popped off that I want to talk about. But first, you know, what was your you know, initial initial thoughts on uh, what was it, episodes five and six? Yeah, five and six. I mean, it's been a great documentary so far. Um, the big thing that stood out to me from this one was just the the idea of Michael Jordan's lack of social engagement or even his, uh, I don't know, his, his quote, Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, I don't know. There's a whole t- topic. That's, that's part of the reason why in recent time, like Michael Jordan was always, you know, no matter who you are coming up, if you came up, in our era, it, Michael Jordan was a, an icon that you yeah. looked up to and was like, yeah, you know, you get Jordan stuff. But in recent time, that's really what's drove me nuts about Michael Jordan is his opportunity to speak out. And he still hasn't. Yeah. Right. Um, which is part of the reason why I've always said LeBron, I think is better because I think he's a better human being, but maybe I'm just reading into what the media <laughs> covers and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like there's something and maybe I maybe he shouldn't be held to hold these social issues, but with a statement like Republicans buy sneakers too, I don't know. Well, see, you know, he's been held to that for a long time. And y'all know I've not been like a Jordan apologist out here, but you know, apparently that statement was made as a joke, kind of on a team bus and during the yeah. middle of a conversation. And even the guy that wrote it, Sam Smith, the guy that wrote Jordan Rules, basically said for years and years, like he regrets publishing that because 
it does make it seem like he was being a little bit more callous than he was, right? Um, but there's still there's still nuance there, you know. In, in the documentary, they talk about um, just the whole time when, when all that came up when when uh, Mike was or in North Carolina, it was Jesse Helms versus oh, I, just, oh, I should have wrote it down. <laughs> but, uh, Jesse Helms, the the, the incumbent senator, um, was going against a, another candidate who I, I swear I named his name just left my mind, um, but a black candidate, and so it was kind of a good good versus evil then. Because Jesse Helms was like a a well known bigot, <laughs> like, like he was right. almost like the Bull Connor of, New, of North Carolina. So it was not like ah, you know, am I gonna vote for, uh, you know, Bush or Gore? You know, what I mean, it wasn't like uh, just this kind of Republican candidate versus this Democratic candidate and blah blah blah. It was no this blatantly racist segregationist versus you know the first black man that's had a real opportunity to win this seat there. And so the expectation was like, hey. MJ, this is a slam dunk. This is easy. You know, this is an easy set, uh, endorsement. Nobody's even going to be mad at you for making that endorsement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's pretty straightforward. Even, you know, Republicans will probably be expecting you to make that endorsement or whatever. And he was like, basically, now nah, I'm good. His rationale was, as he said in the doc, you know, look, I don't really know that much about it, so I'm not going to be out here speaking, but I'll give a donation. I'll, I'll give a financial donation to, to uh, my man over here. And it seems like in large ways, that's how MJ's kind of work. He's given he's given financial donations to different things. Uh, we have heard that, you know, kind of under the radar, there's plenty of things that he's done in terms of supporting different candidates, or not candidates, supporting different organizations and programs and things of that nature. But he has been steadfastly unwilling to really speak out publicly or lend his public support to different causes or people or things like that. And my thing is, that's okay. I, I've talked bad about Mike for a long time for that. Um, and I think it's still fair to criticize him like as a human being, but I also think it's unfair to have that expectation on him just because he's an athlete. The reality is everybody is in America is free to do whatever they want to do in terms of support who they want to support, not support who they want, don't want to support. Nobody has to speak out. We got freedom of speech. That doesn't mean you have to speak out about anything because people expect you to speak out about everything. And on top of that, that's only an expectation placed on black people. It's only expectation placed on black athletes. What? Why does Larry Bird feel about anything? Anything mm-hmm. political, True. social? Nobody knows. Tom mm-hmm. Brady. We only know Tom Brady because Tom Brady sported a MAGA hat. And even then, some p- people gave him a little heat for for a little bit. Then it went away. Tom Brady's not asked to speak out on human rights issues. Tom Brady's not asked to speak out on, on this Ahmaud Arbery thing. Right. But we expect our black athletes to do so. Why? Because we understand we know that black folks are are marginalized in this country. Right. But then we also put it on them to be the ones to speak up and be the ones to risk their money and their dollars and all of that and the risk pissing people off. Again, I think we talked about this a while ago on the podcast. When are we going to start having an expectation for non-black athletes to speak up when there's things happening to black folks by the majority? But the reality is, is black people are still the minority. We're 12%, around 12% of the population of this country. Mm-hmm. We are not the ones that have the power. Even the black athletes that have all this money are not the ones owning their teams. You know, Michael Jordan makes all this money from Nike. Who's the owner and founder of Nike? Phil Knight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it is rare that black people are, the, are where the buck stops. But we're still expecting them to be the ones to, be, to make all the statements, to step out on a limb and all of that. Because, yeah. It's our people and it's our fight and it's our struggle, but it's not just our fight and it's not just our struggle. So at some point, 
And those people that are a little more Teflon need to start nutting up, <laughs> speaking out too. And we can't just put this all on Michael Jordan to be the one to speak. We can't say, hey, you are the, you are, you are the most famous black man in the, in, in the world, basically, <laughs> or in America. You're the one that's made the most profit from his image and all of that. And you're also the one we want to risk. We're saying should risk all of that because we need you to speak up on these things because people will listen to you. Guess who people will listen to more than Michael Jordan when it comes to social issues? Tom Brady, Larry Bird. Like, that's just real. Yeah. That's just real. Why? Because he looked like the majority of the country. Mm-hmm. So – I, I think it's unfair. No, I think that's a good point. And we saw the same thing with uh, when Kaepernick started this protest. There wasn't uh, many, if at all, white athletes even joining in that, right? When there was mass people in terms of, well, not mass people, that's not the right term, but there was m- multiple people, right, in mm-hmm. that, right? It was still almost all exclusively black athletes. So I think it's a good point. And, but there's still like... I guess it's tough for me because I think, I think all people in power should be held, right, to using that power for good. Uh, and at least the way it comes across with Jordan, right, is that he was about his money. And I may be reading into a lot of it, right? Um, so, so, yeah, I think there's a both end, right? I think if we hold Jordan to that standard, we do have to hold all athletes to that standard. And we haven't done that in it. I don't know when that'll happen or if that'll ever happen, right? But right. there still is something to say that when you get some type of power, money, and social voice, for you to choose to not use it for others is wrong, in my opinion, right? See, I, I, I hear that on some level, though I do know, like, and again, so what we're talking about specifically is when is, is things like justice and race. And there's also reality that um, – the Charlotte Hornets who Michael Jordan owns as well as Jordan brand have an unusually high number of black executives, which I've read. I, I heard, I've known that previously and over this past week after this has come out. Um, I've seen that a couple different places as well. So Mike is actually using his power, you know, for good in the sense he's actually putting people in positions to make change and, and, or not to make change, but just putting minorities in positions to be successful. Right. Um, but I agree, you know, I, I agree with you on, on a level of, you know, Hey, to as much as given much as expected, you know, if you have a voice, use it, all of these sorts of things, but we're putting that expectation. We're in a capitalist society. Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan. We know only because of not only his, you know, greatness on the court, but because of the marketing and all that stuff that's been done around him. Like I've always said, you can't, you can't really separate Jordan the brand from Jordan the athlete, right? Yeah. And yeah. the only reason he was Jordan the brand on that level is because he, he kind of played the game. Muhammad yeah. Ali is ultra famous. Name a Muhammad Ali endorsement. Yeah, there's a reason. You remember a Muhammad Ali commercial? Nah, and granted, it was a different time. You know, Ali was before Jordan, and Jordan kind of revolutionized all those things. But the point is, if Jordan if Jordan chose to go the Ali route, you know, which is an extreme, by the way, Ali literally went to jail for some of these things. You know, um, would he be beloved as as he is now? No. So would he be the Jordan that has all this wealth and power? No. You know how I know? Because uh, guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, folks like that did a lot of speaking up and standing up for race. Jackie Robinson, when he was like, did all the, none of those guys reach anywhere near the amount of money, power, and fortune that, that Jordan has. And again, 
with the caveat of it's a different time and the way Jordan's thing kind of went revolutionized things. But we talked about Jordan. Well, you have all of this, so you should give us this. But we ignore the fact that the only reason he has all that is because he chose to go about things a different way. Again, this is not me giving Mike a pass. I would love it if he was out there speaking out, uh, you know, like LeBron, even on the basic things, things that are like something like this Amon Arbery thing. Like, I think it's pretty easy to get out there and say, you know, hey, this was wrong. But that's not the way he lives his life. And the only reason we had an expectation is because he's black. And as a black person, on some level, I'm like, yo, Mike, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I also recognize that the part of the issue with being black in this country is as soon as you get a little bit, as soon as you get something, it's like, hey, life has been so rough for everybody else that now you are expected to risk everything you have, <laughs> you know what I mean, to be real about these issues. Even like as a, as a regular guy in the workplace, when different conversations come up, like conversations about Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter come up, sometimes you have to make a decision. Do I speak up how I really feel about this or do I and risk alienating the people at work, the people that have the power to hire and fire me or my peers, you know, who end up being my, my network, <laughs> you know? Um, or do I keep just keep my mouth shut and keep it moving? You know, like that's something that I actually write about that a little bit in the, this book. I'm trying to get out of here, but that's something oh. that we deal with on a regular basis. Like we have the burden of always having to represent, either represent all of black culture or represent the, uh, you know, the the element of justice that needs to take place. We can't mm-hmm. just we, we don't get the luxury of just sitting back. I mean, like, all right, I ain't going to worry about that at the moment. And sometimes we don't even want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, out of love for our people and desire for justice, we want to speak up. But we don't have the option. You know what I mean, if you if you white, if people are talking about politics or whatever at work, you can ignore it and move on and, it, like, whatever, don't, it don't affect you. You don't have – you don't feel that that uh, burden or that urge to, to, to participate. People don't look at you for answers either. So it's just one of – it's just another one of those things where, like, we can't really catch a break. Yeah. You know, if you make it, you're expected to risk everything you have for the sake of everybody else. You know, <laughs> it's it's just constant. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that's a fair point to have. I mean, hopefully some of that's changed. We see Nike came behind Kaepernick after everything. But, you know, there's a long way to go before that's that's a reality. Um, Nike had made a marketing campaign to make more money off of Kaepernick. Yeah, they, that's they the didn't, thing. They didn't you can't really look come at out. Nike. As they didn't throw their weight around anything to really make a change in the situation, you know. No, they, they saw the, also they saw a, the hype and saw the the dollar signs. And they, they did it years later too. Yeah. <laughs> like they could have decided to to run a marketing campaign around Cap right as he was being blackballed out of the league, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. they could have signed him and put him on a commercial bin and pressured the league into, you know, or try to press the league into getting him back in there. But they waited till years later when it wasn't a threat anymore when they weren't going to piss off the NFL owners as much. So yeah. whatever, I'm not, I don't, I don't buy that Nike nonsense. Like they were doing anything altruistically. That's true. That's true. It's the dollar signs at the end of the day. Cause yeah. Basically. But, um, but you know, another thing um, that I wanted to touch on briefly with the last dance, uh, you know, episode, I think it was episode five. They talked a lot about the Isaiah Thomas. And I'm not going to spend too much time on that because, you know, if you're not a basketball fan, it didn't matter too much to you. But essentially, um, Isaiah Thomas was the leader, the best player on the Pistons, the team that was constantly kicking Mike's butt <laughs> for a few right. years there. Um, 
and they had walked off the court one year when the Bulls beat them. And basically, there was a lot of bad blood between Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan. And apparently, Isaiah Thomas and a lot of other folks on the uh, 1992 Olympic basketball team, a.k.a. the Dream Team. And so Isaiah Thomas was left off the Dream Team. And the word has always been that it's been in large part because Michael Jordan um, didn't want him on the team. And, and the doc like kind of denied that he said, well, it wasn't me necessarily, but there was a lot of guys that had beef with, with Isaiah and they told me he wasn't going to be on the team, but I never said his name that basically kind of plausible deniability, but not really denied because he even later came out and said, look, if, if Isaiah was on the team, it would have changed the dynamics. Cause you know, these guys basically had to spend like a month together <laughs> on right. this tour. So, um, but the thing that it brought up to me was, I actually was having to talk with one of my sons about this. I said, look, the way you treat people and the way you come off to people doesn't matter. But even more so, the idea of holding grudges. Um, you know, I found it interesting because this doc is, you know, the drink tube was in 92. So this is what, 28 years ago or something like that um, when, this, yeah. when this happened. And even during this doc, Mike said, hey, no matter how much I hate Isaiah Thomas, I still acknowledge he's a great player. <laughs> and I said, man, this man is holding his grudge 28 years later. And so, you know, it just brought up the topic to me, Will, about holding grudges and, you know, thinking about life. You know, is it easy? Do you hold grudges, Will? Do you, like, are there people you got beef with, you know, from 20-some years ago? Maybe they don't even know they got beef with you. But are, are you holding grudges? Do you let things go easily, Will? I mean – I let, I think so. I guess I haven't ran into a situation. I don't think I'm holding any grudges. Maybe I need to self-evaluate. But it was pretty wild on the doc because Mike looked legit like mad just at his name. Like right. he looked like he really like – he wasn't just using hate in like a rhetorical way. Like that dude really hate the dude. Yeah, so, disdain. <laughs> yeah, it, like you could see it on his face. So it's like it is pretty wild. But I, it's not surprising. I guess it's not unique. I've seen a lot of people that hold grudges and that defines their whole life, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of wild that we can allow hate to go that far. And in this case, I mean, tied to a game, like, yeah, that game was your life and your career, but what reason do you have to hate Isaiah Thomas outside of the game? See, maybe, I get it. maybe he has reasons, but I don't know. I, I get it though. Because here's the thing. When we use the term grudge, everybody in their mind was like, nah, I don't hold grudges. Because nobody wants to hold a grudge because we know that that's a negative thing, right? But when you deal with people and when people do things that maybe hurt you, right, the feeling of that hurt and that pain lingers. And so sometimes you might not intend to hold a grudge, but it, it, you have to consciously let go of that hurt and that pain and anger that comes from that, right? And so as I looked, I'm like, and I'm using the terms hurt and pain. I don't know if I've had like too many grudges because, you know, I've been blessed enough where there haven't been a lot of people in my life that I can say, like, oh, yeah, you hurt me or caused me pain. Right. But there are people I just didn't like back in the day. Right. The people I just we didn't even necessarily have beef. I was just like, I don't like you as an individual, as a human being. Granted, I might have even been like 16, 17 at the time. But as I look back now, the reality is that stuff kind of stays with you unless you purposefully let it go. You know, like. Right. Look, we in the social media age, as we said before. So there's people on Facebook, Instagram, and all of that. And, you know, sometimes, like, old people that you knew back in the day, back in high school, college, or whatever, you know, at some point they hit you up with a firm request you accept. You kind of move on. Don't think about it. But I noticed, like, every once in a while, there's some folks that I I knew back in the day, and I just remember at the time, I, like, I didn't like that individual. 
and it's still there. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I, like I see them, I see them make a post something, and like a little piece of me be like, ugh, like I don't like that dude. It's like, why do I not like that dude? Like it was 17 years ago at this point or whatever. Last time I interacted with him or whatever the case may be, and I'm just throwing out numbers. So I don't want nobody out there trying to calculate. Like, is he talking about me? <laughs> but I mean, it's like it's been years since we interacted, and maybe I didn't like the high school or the early college version of that person, but that we're completely different people now. We've grown. But part of me is still like that, that initial, like, ugh, you know what I mean? So I can understand if somebody did something to you that really like, you know what I'm saying? Like really got you. Are you not like, like put it this way, as I'm talking, there's some people that actually did do some, some shady things to me. And like, I still don't rock with them to this day. Like to this, like I, maybe it ain't a grudge. But it's like, yo, I cut you off. I'm done with you. We keep it moving. And when I see you, my lip turned up a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I move on. So I, it ain't like I want to smack you if I see you. You know what I'm saying? But I can understand why somebody as competitive and as ma- maniacal. I don't know how to say that word. I've only read it. <laughs> so I don't know how to pronounce it. But maniacal. Uh, and as uh-huh. crazy as Michael Jordan, you know, could really have disdain for somebody that he was competing against and felt like disrespected him and dishonored the game or whatever back in the day. Yeah. Well, and that's fair. And that's why I'm saying it's so widespread is, you know, people may not want to acknowledge it, but people hold grudges. And the reason it's so widespread is it takes intentional work to not, right. to not have those things to actually seek reconciliation at some level. And that may be hard depending on, situations how that actually looks so no, it's it really not surprising does. it really does i'm not there was one situation where there was somebody i, I ran into it was years ago and we had not got along like in high school you know for some some various reasons and we kind of had it out a little bit and later on the dude came, he, he like really you know, we we encountered each other again. He was like, "Yo, I was I was a jerk back in the day." You know, you know what I mean? He's like, I, "My bad, I apologize." You know, and so we moved on. But it took somebody, and that it wasn't me, so I'm not giving myself credit. But it took somebody being intentional about, "Yo, like let's move on." And again, that's the time we knew we ain't really rock. Sometimes if you just got beef with somebody, I, I'd encourage you. If there's somebody you didn't like back in the day. Be intentional about trying to let that go, you know? Maybe even scroll through your friends list, because sometimes you don't even think about it until you see them. Scroll through your friends list or your phone contacts or whatever. Now, anybody you see that you had issues with, try to try to let it go, you know? Just try to move on, because it is healthy, you know what I'm saying? It's good for the soul, and you feel good when you're able to forgive and move on with your life. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. And that's big on that dude to be able to actually be self-reflective and be like, yo, I was really a jerk. And yeah, yeah. come to you and say something like that. Like, that's huge. Yeah, that's no, it hard was real. I, I respected it. I, like, I, I was like, that's, I respected that man more than that I ever had before. Because part of the reason I didn't like him, because at the time, he was kind of a jerk. And I was the only one calling it out, <laughs> you know. But it's yeah. still, you know, I was still wrong in some of the ways I handled. So, anyways, um, hey, there, what, there was one last thing I did want to point out about the doc. I, I'm not trying to spend too much time on this. But the one last thing is we kind of came into this thing with the impression that, hey, this is going to show, you know, all the sides of Michael Jordan. You know, the Michael Jordan, the sociopath, Michael Jordan, the dude that fights his teammates, Michael Jordan, the one that's kind of a jerk to people, whatever. And so far, I got one or two conclusions. Either one, Mike really wasn't, like, that crazy of a person, um, which will be weird because we've been hearing for years about how he was just so hard on his teammates and all of that. And it's yeah. not really here in his doc. Or two, the thing that I think is correct. This is what happens when the subject of the documentary gets to be an executive producer on the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
basically everything here, Mike had to kind of sign off. Now, I know the story is he told him, oh, well, you can use whatever you want to use, da 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 I'm good with it. But this thing has pretty much treated Michael Jordan with a little bit of a – they have – nobody's really dug into Mike. You know, no. even we had the – the element of the Republicans by sneakers too. And that, that whole thing, as we just talked about, nobody really got out there in this doc. and really dug into Mike. They ain't really give it to him. They ain't really, really like throw the criticism at him. Like it was kind of like, like most of the criticism come from outside of this. And so like, yeah, they, they kind of pulled the wool, wool over our eyes here with this marketing, trying to make it seem like, yeah, this is the, the real unvarnished MJ and all of that. We're going to keep it real about, you know, who he was and all of that. Yeah, yeah, nah. Unless we see some of these next couple episodes, Will, they, they kind of played us. Yeah, I was really surprised these last, especially as it got into, like, the gambling and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, gambling is a serious issue, and it basically got sympathetically – pushed off as like he just competitive right Right. and it's like uh like gambling is more than competitive like there's other issues with it and it's like you know i don't know maybe i'm making assumptions about his gambling stuff like that but the way it was portrayed in these things that i thought we were going to get maybe a more real stance on seemed yeah, yeah really really soft on it so yeah i feel like it's a it's definitely not giving me what I expected. I think it's still a great documentary, but it's not giving me what yeah. I expected in terms of like rawness and realness of the issues of yeah, they, and that. They even touched on the gambling and the political thing and even a little bit on race, kind of in the sense of like, we can't not mention these things because if we don't mention them, it'll kind of, it'll be, you know, too noticeable, but we're not going to really die too deep. Like they, yeah. they mentioned the fact that Mike was gambling with people that were being brought up on like federal drug charges and things of that nature. But then they kind of skirted over it. You know, yeah. he got out there kind of cop please said, hey, look, I didn't know what it was. And everybody it's kinda okay, we move on. You know, the the Jesse Helms thing, they kinda they gave him an opportunity to kind of give his explanation and they kinda ah, moved on. But there was no real pushback. There was like basically what this doc is saying is we're gonna mention the thing. And then Mike gets to have the final word, which I guess on some level is fair because it's kind of about him. But yeah. to promote it kind of as we're gonna be real and unvarnished, and then just say, well, whatever Mike says, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna operate as if that's the truth, as if that's the reality. Like especially like you said with the gambling thing, Mike said what he said about the gambling. Nobody really pushed back. Like, and the things he was saying was kind of addict <laughs> addict behavior. Like, nah, if I had a problem, you know, I'd be poor. My my wife would have left me if I had a problem. Yeah. This way, like, no, you're rich. You can have a problem and not be destitute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can have an alcohol problem and not be dying of liver failure and be you, without being a functioning alcoholic. Like, you don't have to be all the way at the end of the line, at the end of your ropes to have a problem, you know? And so it's kind of like we're just skirting by this stuff. We're kind of giving Mike a pass for everything. And he's coming out looking rosy rosier than before a lot of people said oh no i like mike even more than i did before with this maybe that maybe that's fair maybe that's you know a possibility but i don't think they're really it's it's not like the old 2020 or nbc news we're about to do a hard profile on this person (laughs) you know what i mean they're they're not really putting too much pressure on the man so yeah i've even seen 30 for 30s that go harder at athletes with the athletes and it just seems overly sympathetic so it's like i think it's a good documentary but yeah you're right the hype of what it's supposed to be doesn't match what it really is it's just a 
is right. really sympathetic towards Michael Jordan. And that's, and it, that's fine. If then it, it came out and said, look, there's a Michael Jordan produced documentary that's about Michael Jordan. I would Jordan still be there. Yeah, we'd be there. But that's not really how they kind of presented it. It yeah. was, yeah. So it's Raw, the, real it's the, footage that's been hidden for decades. Right. And, you know, Mike didn't want us to see this side of him. and da, 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 da. Um, Which makes it even more that, you know, if that was intentional, it's kind of even more slick where, you know, they kind of presented like, oh, this is stuff Mike ain't want you to see because it makes him look so bad. And you're like, oh, that ain't so bad. Like, this is what the, this is what all the hype was about. This is how bad it was. Oh, then Mike really was a good guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they, they, they're kind of playing this. But so I just want to acknowledge that so that, you know, as y'all are watching, just understand kind of they pulled the wool over our eyes just a little bit. Um, but we're still rocking with it. It's still fun. Anyways, before we move on, though, did just want to let all of our Wild Wild World listeners, all of our people know about one of our sponsors, Stitcher Premium. Uh, Stitcher Premium is free for all of our Wild Wild World members or listeners, I should say, uh, for 30 days with the code Wild World, not Wild Wild World, just one Wild Wild World. Uh, again, you'll get Stitcher Premium free for 30 days. After that, it's just $4.99 a month or $34.99 for the entire year. So, what is Stitcher Premium? It's a premium subscription to Stitcher that includes bonus episodes and exclusive shows from hit podcast hosts, gives you early access to popular podcasts and ad-free shows such as Comedy Bang Bang, WTF with Mark Marin, one of my favorites, How Did This Get Made, or even Criminology or uh, LeVar Burton Reads or even Marvel's Wolverine. So go ahead and check that out. Again, use the code Wild World and get Stitcher Premium free for 30 days. Check that out. Good people of the Wild Wild World family. And I think I want to talk this morning. uh, Before we get into our Patreon exclusive conversation, let's have a little bit more conversation about something that's kind of related to some things we've said, but goes a little bit different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the loss of trust in experts in certain fields in the age of social media, the digital age, whatever you want to call it. And with that, the pros and cons, or maybe benefits and dark terrible things of the internet right uh maybe that's a better way to put it because what we've seen we've seen a lot of things right we talked about it briefly you know the positive of social media with bringing out this video in cases of justice right Mm -hmm. Um, but we've seen like at least i've been seeing a ton of cats sharing conspiracy theories about covid19 and all sorts of mess right um and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of the reason why the Trump cult can even exist is this idea that experts don't really know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there's a lot of ways we can go in this uh, direction, but one of the big things I think we're seeing is that experts are no longer experts because of digital age. Um, mm. I don't know. What, do you, what are your initial thoughts on that, Kellen? Uh you know, I think it's interesting because what what the digital age has really done is it has allowed for dissenting opinion to be publicized, right? right? And so where it used to just be kind of big media or whatever, whoever that had a voice, ever since time blogs started popping off, you know, it, it's, well, the other side has an opinion too. Um, so we used to just kind of know about the prevailing opinion, right? And like say the scientific community or whatever. Um, other than, you know, maybe a NBC news segment where you know, coming up at seven, you know, scientist John Smith says, you know, no, 
pork fat isn't bad for you, <laughs> you know what I mean? and why? And then, then they get that person, you know, 10 minutes to give their case and then the other experts come on and disagree. But what you have is when people, I guess, situations where somebody's saying something that, that is probably true, but you don't want to hear. Now you can go on YouTube or search Twitter or search Wikipedia and you can find somebody else that disagrees with them. And you can say, see, they're wrong because, right? And so because we have access to all of these opinions, but we're not scientists or politicians or whatever the case is at the time, we don't actually have to intellectually say, yeah, that, that opinion that I don't like or that fact I don't like is actually correct because there's always going to be somebody on the other side. Right. And so you'll see things like, um, even like the anti-vaccination, um, movement you know you'll see a lot of scientists are like look the vast majority of scientists don't agree with this right or the vast this is what most people say this is what most of the scientific community you know believes in or, or believes to be true but people don't have to listen to them because they say well i got enough people with real credentials over here telling me the other thing so i'm just going to choose to listen to them right and so yes yeah, it's, it's not that the experts aren't experts it's just that we can always find somebody on the other side you know, like you can find a dentist that, that is going to tell you, hey, you don't need to brush your teeth because it, maybe it won't have any long lasting effects. So maybe if you brush your teeth, all you need is baking soda. Or, you know, so like somebody's always going to have some type of opinion that is different from the, from the norm of the majority, which, you know, makes it hard for us to kind of know, <laughs> know what's true, because just the idea of always going with the majority is kind of distasteful, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty and absolute challenge of the internet now right it's like yeah you hand the voice to the people but that's also the dark side of it you handed the voice to the people right and the people got a lot of crazy things to say so it's just like and you see yeah you see it in the scientific community you see it and also you see it in like the theological community i see that a lot of times like Mm -hmm. you know anybody and their mama can make a youtube video it's not that hard that doesn't mean there's any you know actual credentials or study behind it so it's just I don't even know what to say about it because it's like, how do you discern truth in an era where it's used, you know, there is really no truth, but everything's weaponized. You know, it's the same thing. This is how the whole Trump fake news thing started is like the fact that there is availability for so many opinions uh, without having to have any real credentials, right? Allows him to discredit the actual media right well and they, and they can take it to so many different areas like people are becoming expert debaters and not debaters in terms of trying to win a debate but debaters in terms of basically they can prevent you from winning you know it's kind of like if i'm not going to win then at least i'm not going to lose right yeah. and, and i've had that happen to me oftentimes back in the day when i used to argue about things of race and justice a lot you know you can present truth and fact to people but most folks now that are doing these sorts of things have the ability to then turn the conversation or as i say moving the goalposts you know and so they make it so you can never win the argument because even if you're even if you disprove you know their poor argument and their poor logic they just kind of turn the conversation into something else (laughs) you know what i mean and so and like you say you see this in many different areas and arenas so you know, that's kind of what Trump, Trump has done with the whole fake news thing. And, you know, it's not about the facts anymore, but it's about the intention. And, like, you can always turn and twist it to, to suit your needs. And 
because you know we're in the internet era there's millions of people out here and everybody can pipe up with their with their stupid opinions <laughs> you know right. and if you have enough people that like your stupid opinions you know you could then gain some level of cachet even if there's no fact behind what you say even if there's yeah. no logical reason behind what you say um and so it is frustrating it the most frustrating thing about this is that reasonable people see this and understand but reasonable people end up arguing and wasting their breath with unreasonable people that don't really care because they want to hold on to their opinion no matter what. And so they're just simply looking for people that agree with them, um, looking for facts that back up what they have, what they think. And so the debates aren't good faith debates and arguments anyway, because it's not, yeah. we're trying to come to, it's not like we're in study, not like we're in study group back in, uh, in high school or college saying we're trying to get the answers to this question. No, 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 no. There's this question. They feel like I got the answer here. I got the answer here. We're trying to convince each other whose answer is right. And nobody's, nobody's going to change. Um, and so that's that more than anything is kind of the frustrating thing, at least for me. Yeah. Well, and that's the dark side of social media, right? Is it's basically this massive reverb chamber of your own experiences and cultural ideals and these things, right? That just get turned back at you because that's who's sharing. That's what you see. That's what consumes your time. So then it strengthens your thoughts, even if your thoughts are wrong, right? right. Uh, yeah, it strengthens your resolve and your own ignorance. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like you see, uh, even on a level that's not even important, but you see it all the time with like at basketball debates and the uh, Jordan versus LeBron versus Kobe arguments. You know, people yeah. make all sorts of ridiculous arguments that have nothing to do with anything. Uh, and they argue um, – you know, the, the, the make arguments that only benefit them, you know, like the, well, Jordan is six and zero in the finals and that's all that matters. You say, okay, well, what is this record? Oh, if all that matters is winning championships, shouldn't we talk about just how many years did you win championships and how many years did you not, whether you made it to the finals or not, wouldn't that make sense? You know, <laughs> like, like that's what we do in every other aspect of life. Right. Mm-hmm. But, or even other sports, but we don't do that because we want to make Jordan out to be the best. We want to find the way that makes it, makes it clearest right and so well let's say jordan is six and oh but we don't care about all those years he lost in the conference finals or the first round in the playoffs and we don't count uh when he played for the wizards because why don't we count well because he was past his prime well so then why do you count the time like it none of it none of it logically makes sense you know it should be a if you're playing it counts did you win or did you not right but we don't do that and we don't do that with any element of life right yeah. we only want to present the things that are beneficial to us in our argument and then we ignore everything else yeah well and it's become evident that most of the world has not had any training in logic because logic is the last thing left out just basic logic but the other thing with this too is right that expertise like you could have spent your whole life studying a certain subject right Mm -hmm. dive into everything like that but if you don't have internet clout if you don't have influence right if you don't have Mm -hmm. a certain number of twitter followers in that check what you say really you know so it's this other aspect talking heads within these communities um you know which is this whole social media there's such a like distortion of it right of yeah. who actually has power to speak um so it's like it does the opposite right it gives it gives power to the people which is good because you know getting the voice out of power allows us to you know start movements of justice lots of things right but then it also relies upon arbitrary numbers for who we trust, right? It, Whatever influencer is. 
And that's I, that's honestly one of the reasons why it's been hard for me to like up my Twitter engagement because yeah. I'll scroll through, you know, to just kind of see what's going on or see jokes or whatever. But you're right. You know, as somebody that was not heavy, you know, into Twitter before and I don't have a high follower count because I'm not cracking a bunch of jokes and whatnot. It's like you can't really hop into a conversation and be heard. So you're kind of screaming against the wall. Um, and it's irritating and frustrating. And even there's even been times where like I have said, okay, let me let me pipe in and get my opinion on this, even when it's not, you know, with some national figure that has a million followers, right? Um, but people will jump say, Oh, you only have so so many followers, like why should we listen to listen to you? You know, they can be arguing over what's the third letter letter of the alphabet, not coming to say C. And they're like, Ah, well, you only have two hundred followers, nobody cares what you think. <laughs> so it's kinda like what's What's the point, you know? And as you said, so then and people have learned the game, you know, that's why oh, yeah. people are out there shouting dumb stuff and, you know, flaming the fans because we people know the way to be heard and the way to gain clout and all of that stuff is just to gain followers and traction. And then more people, the more followers you have, the more people have to kind of listen to what you say, because like you said, that's how the game works. And so that's kind of why, I stay away. And it's the same thing on YouTube, all of these places, you know. And the only way you get followers is to kind of say things that get attention, you know. You can't be out here. And that's even, I mean, transparently, that's even some of the um, thoughts I have with this with this show itself, you know. Like, we're not people that are just going to be out here yelling stuff to the wind. We're not yet saying things that are outrageous. Maybe they're controversial because some people don't agree, but they're not outrageous. We're not just saying stuff just to say it, you know. Um and trust me, there are times when I feel like I have, like I want to throw out this kind of outrageous opinion, um, because there's parts of me like even with when you know we talked earlier about Ahmad Arbery, like there's uh, there's an element of me that is like, hey, let's go out there and pull these dudes out their house and, and stomp them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like there's an element of me, but I'm but I'm not really putting that out there like that, right? That that's just an element. That's not the majority of how I feel. But there are people that would that would make a podcast and just say that'll be the title. You know, let's go. Let's go enforce mob justice on the what is it, McMillans or whatever they are, whatever those yeah. dudes' names are, um, and put that on the title, and that's going to get followers, and that's going to get downloads or whatever. We don't really operate like that, so it's harder to be heard in a play in a you know in an environment where everybody's yelling crazy stuff. If we're out here kind of playing being moderate and reasonable, um, yeah. And so yeah. the reasonable people don't get listened to, and so we just yeah. got a bunch of crazy people yelling at each other. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It makes it hard to have honest conversation. And then you add on top of this, you know, realities like quarantine and stuff like that, where everything's now over the net. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to have honest conversation um, because everything's built around influencer cloud. And that's why you can go buy followers. Like, don't believe these numbers. Cats buy followers on Instagram and Twitter all the time. Yeah. Like, you can buy bots to follow you. So it's just like, it's just like a big sham that, you know, even if like, an expert has something to say on it, you know, you don't really give any, and it's not saying like, I'm not a guy to be all about authority and titles and stuff like that. Right. Cats give themselves titles all the time. And just cause you got a PhD don't mean you know everything, but there is some like, at least needs to be some respect for you spent your life studying this. And that's what we see with like with the, on a more serious note, right. With the COVID-19, like there's people literally dying. And y'all want to come out with conspiracy theories of, about what this actually is because you haven't experienced it, uh-huh. you know? It's, so it's just, it's crazy how it gives people, and maybe this was true all before, it just gives the ability to 
put it on steroids that whatever people's experience is, right, that becomes the only way they can see the world, right? The only lens through which they're willing to even look at the world. If I haven't experienced it, it must not be true, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if it doesn't support my already cultural belief, and then you put the internet on that and it's just inject on the steroids. And that's why people want to say, I don't know, go back to something, but it's, like I said, there's pros and cons to the internet, but it's just like a big sham. I don't know. Yeah, it's great. But that but that's we've talked about that before. Well, I've said in my opinion, that's one of the biggest uh barriers that we had to overcome in racism and prejudice, which is people are saying, Well, this is my world experience. And in order to really understand the realities of what race and things are in this country, you have to look outside of that own personal experience, which then reshapes the way that you have to see the world. You you just have to, right? It's like even as a man, um, when you realize when your eyes are open a bit to just how much sexual assault and things of that nature are out there, how many women have actually been assaulted, molested. Um, it really does change the way you have to view things. And like, I've, I had to deal with that on some levels. Like, um, not that I was like, you know, one of those, well, she was wearing this, she deserved a type, type of people, but just, you know, you don't want to think that it's as prevalent as it is. And once you learn, once you admit the truth, accept the truth, and you say, man, these numbers are ridiculous, then you then have to change the way that you view things like sex and sexuality. But not even sexuality, but just um, yeah. just sexual, well, I guess sexuality, but sexuality in general, right? And how men actually are and how we view women and how we look at women and what, what the what effects that has on us and on um, on the women. Like, it, it, you just have to, right? And so it just changes the way you view things. And the same thing with race, like, you ha- if you're going to really actually look at what the realities are in this world, a lot of folks have to change the entire view of this country. <laughs> and people are not willing to do that. And we see it on a smaller scale with all of these things, whether it's the COVID, whether it's vac- vaccinations, whether it's all of these things. And it's not just science versus faith or anything like that, but it's just we decide that because I think this, then this is true. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, let me look at the facts and let the, the information available about this particular subject. And if my opinion does not align with the facts, then I need to now evaluate where I get that opinion from and if it's valid or not, you know, but right. we're not, we're not willing to do that. And as you said, it's on steroids now because it was happening before, but now people mm-hmm. have now, now people have access to seeing other people agreeing with them, you know, like, you remember, like you heard of Stormfront? Stormfront. No. Yeah, the what? It's basically the. It was basically like the most well-known kind of racist website message board community out there, right? Where oh, all no. the all the racists and neo Nazis or whatever can get together and spew their hate. You know, it's one thing if you are little Johnny Smith, you know, and 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 you hate black people and Jews and all this stuff, and you don't really have anybody you can talk to about it, but you've been watching YouTube videos that going down that well, and so you have all this hatred in your heart individually. But then you go, or maybe you even kind of, maybe you're kind of on the fence, but then you go on Stormfront, and now you see a million other people that are stoking those flames, you know? And that, and that are playing into your, that ignorance and all of that. And so now you're emboldened in your ignorance, you know? Uh, and yeah. so that's kind of what we have. Uh, people are emboldened in their own ignorance, wrongness. And, and that's, a, that's on both sides of the aisle. So I'm not trying to say it's just it's everywhere, yeah. a sort of thing. Yeah, like I see, you know, they got the uh, 
people call hoteps. You don't know what a hotep is, look it up, right? And I don't necessarily even agree with the use of that terminology, whatever, but they're like fake woke people, I call them, like extra woke folks. And they start talking, you know, some oh, man. kind of next level, you know, next level stuff about uh, about race and all this sort of thing. And I'm like, some of this stuff ain't true either. You know, I, mm-hmm. I got love for, for, for my black brothers and sisters, but just because you say it doesn't make it true. Just because you say, well, our, 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 our roots are here with black Israelites and this, that, just because you say it don't make it true, right? <laughs> so you see yeah. it going on all, all, all ends of the spectrum. So I'm putting that out there just so you don't think I'm, you know, playing no, that, Well, that reminds me. So, I mean, one th- it, you know, with all this, it takes great humility for people to, they have to humble themselves and actually be able to see other people's experience, hear those and collect it all together. And people aren't willing to do that very easily. The one last thing, I guess, with this that I think we could have a slight conversation about is though the idea of expert is lost, right? That Mm -hmm. they don't carry as much weight. The authoritative stamps of certain thing of expertise are still used, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean is like um, people always want to use science, right? Say this is scientific, even if it's not, to prove their point. It's the same thing with people always want to use uh, it was just uh, whatever it is trending on Twitter this morning because of the national day of prayer or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, they want to use Jesus to support whatever their held opinion is. Right. And we see that with Republicans. So it's almost like there's a loss of expert, but there's still these authoritative stamps that we want to pimp to support yeah. our already held views. You know, no, I know. Like, and you see that, you know, like I, I remember just recently, I was listening to somebody who was giving a message. No, they weren't giving a message. They were they were debating. It was had to do with sexuality and Christianity, and they were talking about the gay gene. And they were saying, "Well, we haven't found a gay gene." And I briefly was like, "Is that true? Have we not?" <laughs> because there's been so much talk about you know this stuff, and so some people say, "Well, you know, there, there's no gene that we found that's a gay gene," and others say, "Well, you know, homosexuality is natural because we find it in nature." And other people say, "Well, the times when it's in nature are extreme times," like, and there's all this scientific fact that's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to the point where it's hard to keep it straight. <laughs> you know, it's hard yeah. to keep straight even what is true and what's not. And as you said, everybody is stamping like, yep, don't, this is the case, right? You say with abortion, right. well, the facts are uh, it's, a baby isn't a human until this date. Boom, stamp approved. Well, the facts are the baby is a human at inception. Boom, stamp approved. Like, and, every, and it's like everybody is saying their opinion based on the facts and, doing, and saying it, like you said, with an uh, air of authority. And so it doesn't really even help. <laughs> you know yeah. why because it's not like even if there was a like I, i'm sure there's like a national science council even if there's a head scientist whatever people don't listen to them anyway right mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know like people don't listen to the resident people don't listen to the head of law enforcement you know people don't listen like there's no authority anymore yeah. that that can speak any with any sense of fi- finality that people would respect you yeah. know and so there's so many opinions, there's so many, there's so much out there that I don't know how we can go back. I don't know how we can get to a point where we can find true answers that everybody has to acknowledge. I don't think that's happening again. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if we have any answers. I just find it funny that there's this, nobody trusts experts, but we always use 
expertise labels like scientific or according to the Bible, like, no, that's not really what that means. Like stuff like that all the time. And if you throw those terms out, then somehow it's true. I think part of it is just the, there's a lack of willingness, um, at least in the American experience to even look like to even do work. We're so inundated with information that right, so and so said. That's why right. we we just, we just get our avatars to say, well, so and so said this on what. But the, the other element is there's no consequence to being wrong. Like, yeah. what's the consequence to being incorrect? Like, you got somebody like, and I even hate to even mention the name, but Tommy Lauren, who was just some random woman that decided she wanted to be a reporter and then just started saying wild, you know, blatantly racist stuff. And got all these followers. And even if she says something completely crazy and everybody knows it's incorrect, it doesn't matter. There's there's no negative effect because if you say something crazy, guess what happens? Your name starts trending and all the other crazy folks come out the woodworks and they'll follow you on Twitter. Like there's no consequence to being wrong anymore. Um, yeah. And so if there's no consequence to being wrong, we can't control it. We can't control yeah. people throwing out this nonsense. Which is, means there's no motivation to actually look into something it's the same reason why titles it's all about clickbait and titles because mugs read titles and think they know what things are talking about nobody actually reads the article right it's the same thing it's just a right. a lack of engagement but yeah i don't know if we have any answers we need a title this, we need to title this episode we're right about everything and just put like hashtag coronavirus hashtag Tommy yeah. Lauren, hashtag abortion, like, <laughs> like just yeah. all, all the hot button issues. Just, just, just make a super clickbaity title. Just exactly. So that sounds exactly. fun. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Maybe there's, it seems pretty hopeless, but I think it calls, it calls us as people to really be people who seek out truth that aren't, and not, because you can't go to the super cynical side of this, like, Oh, there's no way to find out the truth in this that like there is truth. You just gotta be humble enough to do some work to find that and be willing to get outside of your experience, be willing to engage with multiple things. Be willing, you know? be willing to be led by the truth that you find and not your emotion. Yeah. Even, even also, as a person if it, Yeah, yeah, and being being willing to change when you find out you're wrong. Just being willing <laughs> to be learners because that's once mugs find out they're wrong, they probably get hurt and they'll, they'll just argue to the pit and not be able to change. So, I think people hold on to, to their truth because it's, it's about their worldview and they don't want to yeah. change their worldview. So, right. Right. Yep. Hey, but with that, we're going to continue this conversation on Patreon just for a little bit longer. We've got a few more nice things we're going to talk. Uh, what are we going to talk about, Kellen? You had a nice little topic you want to talk about. Hey, we're going to talk about friendship during the Ooh. coronavirus and also during the technological age, uh, friendship, long distance, friendships and relationships and things of that nature. So uh, we're going to keep talking about this Rona, this technology. You know, we're still on the same thing. So if you have not yet signed up for Patreon, you know, hey, again, this podcast thing ain't free. Um, and so we can, we can appreciate your help. But it ain't just all altruistic because signing up for Patreon, you get merch. You get, again, to listen to us continue to chop it up uh, here on these Patreon-only segments that, that's going to happen in a minute. So please go ahead and support. We, we would appreciate it. And uh, we would love you so much from the bottom of our hearts. So uh, if you haven't signed up for Patreon, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash Kingdom Dreamers. Get the exclusive. Get the merch. We appreciate the support. But with that, it's another episode in Season 3 of the Wild sure. World Show. We'll see you all next week. Peace.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild Wild World Show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Twitter at Kingdom X Dreams and learn more at KingdomDreamer.com. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Bible Software. If you've been longing for the tools to take your Bible study deeper, you need to try out Logos. I've been personally using Logos for over a decade now for both my devotional and pastoral study. Right now, Logos has partnered with the Kingdom Dreamers to bring you exclusive savings. Check out at logos.com forward slash kingdom dreamer or click the link in the show notes for our exclusive offer.